to the Unafraid Podcast on the OKC First Podcast Network. My name is Zach Lucero. I am the Youth and Creative Pastor here at this fine, fine church, OKC First, sitting with me. He's tall. He's wonderful. He looks good. Hey, he has man. shaved his face today. That doesn't happen very often well, when we record things, but we have John Middendorf. Hello, John. Hello, my friend. I actually only shaved my neck, not my face. <laughs> I didn't even look at you before I did that. I had no clue. I was taking, I was taking a guess. So wow. uh, I guessed yeah. wrong. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we just got done interviewing Elliot Shin, who is going to be our guest today. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to everybody hearing from him, especially because he's a guy who's near and dear to our hearts because uh, he runs Toronto City Mission in Toronto, Ontario, Canada, that place up north. Makes and sense. Uh, we see him, we see him every year, except for this past year. Yeah. But uh, we like, we like Elliot. But before we get to that, John, I wanted to play just a little, just a short game with you. All right, let's do this. I know your time is precious, but um, the people want this. Uh, The people of Canada want this. Uh, We're going to play, we're going to reprise our game that we played last week um, or two weeks ago. And uh, we are going to relax our faces and then we will try to make each other laugh by saying a single word. All right. Square up with you. All right. Because. uh, we need to be looking at each other. All right. And uh, do, who do you want to go Is first? there a coin toss here? Uh, we could. Uh, Heads or tails? Tails. All right. You go first. Okay. Zach. Oh, wait. That's not the. Yeah, that's not a funny that's word. That's not the word. Not okay. Funny. Ready? Nubbin. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> what, is that? what does that even mean? <laughs> <laughs> That's that sounds like a cousin with Nobby from last time. <laughs> Dang it! I'm so mad at myself. Nubbin. I don't even, I'm not even sure. Is that I, a word? I think it's. I think so. Are you? Are you no, are you it's sure? a word. It's a word. Did you I, it, it, up? it is no, 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 no. I oh. didn't make it up. Chandler oh, no, no. Bing. I asked, I asked if you. Chandler it up. Bing oh. may have made it up in Friends 25 oh, years ago. You pulled it from Friends, but it still worked. That's fair. That's All right. fair. Okay. Got to relax my face after that. That's the hard part about this. Yeah. Okay. Magma. That was very close. He's smiling. I think he made it. I made it. That's one to zero. I'm okay. so mad at myself. All right. Ready? <laughs> yeah. All right. Bulbous. Yes, I'm good. Well done. Good. Landed it. That was tough. Good job. That one was tough. Well, it doesn't help that you're laughing too. I know. <laughs> I'm a I'm like a I'm an empathetic laugher. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. I'll just laugh when anybody else laughs, even if it's not funny. There should be a joke in there about your jokes, but I don't have it. So no. sorry. Mm-mm. My bad. Okay. Um yep, 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 yep. Lugubrious. <laughs> It's the way you said lugubrious. Lugubrious. Like, I think I had a little lisp on there, wash too. wash my hands. I have three here to choose from. I'm, I'm down to two. You're down to two. Just You know what? Let's just do your. Let's do those two. We'll do, we'll do one, one, one. All right. One, actually, yeah. look this up. This is actually yeah. a word. Doodle sack. What is it? <laughs> I didn't look at the definition. I just looked it up and know that it's for real's a word. <laughs> it's a 
You know what? I better look it up. Make That's sure that it's, we might need to cut that one. I out. don't know, but <laughs> that was why I left because I was trying to think what it meant. <laughs> like, what could this possibly mean? Oh, it's it's bagpipes. Oh, it's ba- oh, it's a course. it's a nickname for bagpipes. Of course, it's a nickname for bagpipes. That's an incredible one. Did I'm... you bring your doodle sack today? <laughs> That's what we had to do. We had to use it in a sentence too. We have to use. That I in a seem sentence. to have misplaced my doodle sack. Oh golly! All right. Woo, that was a tough one to, to come back from. Okay. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to do one, then we'll each have one after this. Okay. okay. Dollop. Did you go to your happy place there? Like, did you just like... <laughs> I'm going to be okay. You're going to be okay. I use that word often enough that it... A dollop. Yeah. A lot of whipped to... cream at our oh. house. <laughs> That's... Uh... That's great. Um, that's really great. We make dessert. I, <laughs> what was that last word you said? Now I just can't stop. Dessert? No, 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 no. <laughs> doodle, <laughs> doodle sack. Golly. Okay. All right. Now this is time-honored tradition word. <laughs> I'm sorry. All right. <laughs> they, they, I, this are, is not good. You brought I your know, A game I, today. Well, okay. Ready? <clears throat> Moistened. <laughs> I'm good. I am good. I was ready for that one. Did you know it was coming? <laughs> no, I didn't know it was coming. But that's uh, that's a classic. That's it a is classic like it's word. a it's a, a go to. It's a go to. It's a go to. And for this last one, all right, it's sort of a go to. Okay, in my circles. Oh oh, pamphlet. <laughs> I almost put pamphlet. I so hate that word. <laughs> I know. I needed. I needed at least one win here. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners, if you could just submit words just to me so I could beat John next time because he came out swinging today with doodle sack. Bagpipes. What in the world? That's well, going on a t-shirt and it's going to be my band name. <laughs> doodle sack. Dollops of, go- of doodle sacks. <laughs> so bad. Oh my gosh. We are stupid people. Oh my gosh. Um so, I, there's no great way to transition out of doodle sacks to uh, Elliot Shin from Toronto City Mission, but uh, we're we're here now. I believe a doodle sack is actually one of the ancient. Um, it's not. I thought no, it was I'm a just, traditional I'm, I'm uh, Canadian music. <laughs> is it though? I, you know, I'm pretty sure it came from a place like Scotland. 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 But didn't. What did Canada invent? Have they invented anything? Yes. Like what? Like Shania Twain and Justin Bieber? Do you need more than that? Uh, no, actually. I grew up on Shania Twain. Love her. She's the best. I know every song. It's actually a really embarrassing talent. But what else? Have, like, I mean, what else is Canada? Canada? How? What else has Canada invented? What have they contributed uh, to? Tim Hortons. Okay. <laughs> it's not like technically an invention. I guess Timbits. Um, um, they're like, which are just what do you call? Holes. What do you call the the French fries with poutine? Yeah, with gravy. That. Gravy, gross. Mm-hmm. Not my, not my thing. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm not, not like a that. fan of poutine. No. Um, raptors. They invented raptors. The like, like the dinosaur. Yeah. Oh, they okay. Invented. <laughs> blue they're, jays too. They are native. Blue jays are also argonauts. That, oh, all... they they do have. Um, their squirrels uh, aren't a normal color. Like they have like black squirrels. It's very terrifying. Like they. 
uh, and they they have no fear. I love Canada. Miss Canada so much. Would love to get back up there. And and it was good to see Elliot today. It was good yeah. to see him and hear his voice and hear his heart all over again. So our yeah. our folks will love this. Yeah, two two decades of a partnership with yeah. Toronto City Mission. I'm really excited for you guys to hear it. Yeah. We are here with our guest, Elliot Shin, who is the executive director at Toronto City Mission. Elliot joined TCM in 1999 as an outreach worker in the Willow Tree community. He served as director of outreach, providing support and direction to TCM outreach workers, mentoring interns, and coordinating placement students. In 2019, he was appointed as executive director. He's my friend. He's also John's friend. Yeah, you he's my friend him. first. Oh, that's true. You did. You did. <laughs> you did meet him first uh, because you're older. But yes. uh, Elliot, welcome. Thank you. It's great to be with you guys. Welcome uh, or uh, greetings from uh, Toronto, Canada. Yeah. All right. I'm, sh- I'm sure it's cold to hear that it is w- where you guys are. What? How cold is it there? It's uh, um, uh, apparently it feels like minus 17. That's in Celsius where the rest of the world follows. And I don't know what that is in Fahrenheit. Very it's bad It's cold in Fahrenheit, whatever it is. It's probably, uh, I would say it's probably maybe five to 10 degrees Fahrenheit, maybe sometime in Still that range. Cold. Still cold. Oh yeah. my so it's, it's uh, sort of a, a little bit cold in our normal weather, but uh, it's not, it's not we're, not, we're accustomed to this kind of weather. So yeah. Hey, Elliot. So 1999, I was just reading your bio here. Yeah. You and I have a mutual friend in Wayne Schmiel. Um, do you remember Wayne? Wayne? Wayne was the guy who worked so many years ago with NYC and was okay. the guy who put together the the MTOs, the Ministry to Other Projects at the NYC that was in Toronto in 99. Right. And one of ours was to to TCM. And actually, right. I, that's where that's where my crew went and and I'm, I'm just wondering if we met in 99 or did was it 2000 when we finally met i think we met in 2000 because i you, you would have been here in the summer of 99 right that's right that's right yeah so i i started at tcm in the fall of 90 so september of 99 oh, I so you. i would have okay. just missed you but i would have met you the following summer wayne's name sounds very familiar but i think the other person that connected us was uh was steve Otley. that's right uh who was uh, also a nazarene pastor but at that time was actually um um, on our team. So he and I uh, were colleagues at the Toronto City Mission way back. So I think that we met you through Steve as well. Uh, so so as it go, as the story goes, so John, Youth Pastor John, and I don't know how many, we took a bunch of kids to that Toronto uh, trip. And right. Wayne Schmiel, um, who was the guy who was coordinating all of those, those service projects. And we met people from the Scott Mission, and right. we met people from the Toronto City Mission and right. fell in love with, with right. Toronto. And so uh, started almost immediately upon our return, uh, scheming to get back to Toronto the following summer, did not realize that we would set up what would become an annual pilgrimage to Toronto, uh, where we would, with the help of, of folks like 
Elliot Shin teach our kids here at OKC First about the cycle of poverty and what it looks like to minister to people at various points in that cycle of poverty. So, man, I miss, I haven't been, I haven't been to Toronto. I think we determined here in 13 or 14 years, but I still miss it. And I've sent my kids and our church keeps going back and it's good to see your face, buddy. I haven't seen you in a long time. You haven't changed a lick. Well, I've got some more great gray hairs. That's probably the one thing. (laughs) (laughs) But it's good Um, to see you. Yeah. Well, likewise, I, I do. I think, I guess I missed you your very first summer 99, but I, I think I've, been with your team since uh, twenty uh, since the year two thousand, and I think that the only time you guys have missed the summer was obviously last summer due to the pandemic, and then early twenty ten maybe we had the SARS the scare. SARS, that was uh, it. Yeah, and then so you guys didn't send a team that year, which we understood. But other than that, every single year, you, summer, um, we've we've welcomed and hosted a team from you guys, and uh, it's been a really really wonderful ride for us. Yeah. And that's pretty abnormal, actually. You know, growing up, I, I went a different place every time I would go on a mission trip with my church. And, and I, I feel like every time I talk to people about what we do with Toronto, uh, they, they're surprised that we, we keep going back and that our students keep wanting to go back because uh, oftentimes I feel like youth departments, youth pastors plan trips based off of like keeping it fresh for their students. But there's, there's really, really a lot of um, richness and going back and reinvesting in relationships and continuing friendships and, and just the, the sweet spot that can, that can be hit by um, going back and seeing campers uh, from TCM that we, Mm -hmm. that we've grown to love and know over the course of a week and then coming back and everybody remembers each other. And it's something that's really, really special. And I'm, I'm glad that we believe in here, believe in long-term partnerships with, with uh, organizations like TCM and Salvation Army and, and places like that. Yeah. And, you know, likewise, we've been so thankful and blessed by the partnership. And I think probably on your end, uh, the young people probably it's a bit more exotic, although we speak common language and have a lot of the common culture. Mm-hmm. There are some subtle differences like, you know, you have to you need a passport to come to Canada or and, Toronto. Yeah. And, right? and uh, like bagged milk and, you know, weird stuff like that. <laughs> Eggs and milk and our, our money looks funny. They're like they're like, you know, cartoons and like it smells you know, like maple milk. syrup. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if they still do it. We used to have uh, an award ceremony at the close of every trip and sometimes at the close of every summer too. And we always handed out the the highly coveted Most Annoying American Award. Mm-hmm. And that was the one that no one wanted to get. And we used to tell them, so help me, I will give you, if you hang from the bars on the subway one more time, Cameron. Well, well, John, actually, uh, people are starting to gun for that award now. Oh, uh, like that The likes of Pearson Bell and you know Galen Jurgensen has won it before um, and others for, for leading a rousing rendition of the Star Spangled Banner on a streetcar. Okay, see, that's, that, should, that, would, uh, that would not happen in a regime. I would just not <laughs> let that such a thing happen, this I, terrible thing. I, I, it's not that I want it to happen. It's just that I, you know, the forces are unstoppable, and I Ugh. just, I just it's, it's not within me in my power to stop it. So, just, who do I write my letter of apology to on that? Do I, uh, Mr. Trudeau? You can, just out, you, can, you can just put that right on our website. We'd, okay. we'd be happy to put that on our website. Yeah, yeah Ju- Justin seems very nice. Uh, I bet he he would probably accept that apology. <laughs> You know, and I think to the other on our end, you know, speaking to our staff, we've been you know, some of them we've been for quite a long time. The part that uh, is most impressive on, on our end is that I know at, at the beginning you guys used to fly here, which is not a not a long trip, but once you transferred onto the bus and you know 
you know, traveling a full day and a half or day, yeah. you know, just to get here, it's it's a quite a sacrifice. And uh, we are really um, impressed by that commitment to, you know, obviously there's some fun on the bus, but it's not the most comfortable ride. And uh, so we're really thankful for even things like that, you know. Um, yeah, um, yeah. That bus ride was fun with a with a ruptured disc in my lower back. That oh. was like a 26 hour bus ride. <laughs> And they always smell so good too. Yeah, it, it's horrible. It is, it is truly uh, an awful smell when you open those doors, especially at the end of the trip when most of us haven't showered for you know consistently for a whole week. Um, but Elliot, so we have you here today. I, I want you to just sort of intro um, the listeners uh, and and get them familiar with what what is Toronto City Mission. What what is your guys's um, what do you guys do in the city um, and, and and who do you serve? Sure. Um, I mean, that question could take quite a long time, but I'll try to be as uh, terse as I can. Uh, so Toronto Bay City Mission is essentially a faith, faith-based Christian organization founded in 1879. That's right, 1879. And uh, simply, we work in communities affected by poverty. Uh, so um, it was started by a group of clergymen and some other um, um, loving Christians who felt, felt a need in our city um, that uh, there were people falling falling back and falling behind and uh, wanted to create a ministry to help people who were um, becoming impoverished. And uh, um, for many, many years, um, um, I'm, stopping, I'm, I'm skipping a whole bunch of steps here, but for many, many years, uh, we were a centralized location where people from the city could come and find relief of um, food or clothing and those kind of things. Um, so what would happen is uh, we had a, a beautiful Victorian house down right in downtown Toronto and people from all around the greater Toronto area could come, sort of line up in our front door, come in, uh, we'd have a file for them maybe, and uh, um, they would ask for um, um, a food for a family of um, four or five, and we probably would give, a, you know, uh, and then if it was, you know, November, December, they, would, they might ask for some winter coats or, or boots or jackets. And uh, so our staff would write a requisition form of um, food for a family of four or five for a week or, or a week, and then a requisition form for, um, you know, a medium jacket, you know, size nine boots and some gloves, and they would take that form go downstairs, pick up that, um, 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 pick up their need, things that they requested and walk out the back door. And they do that over again a month later. So that's essentially how the mission ran for many years. We did have a, um, a summer um, family camp that we had bought, purchased the property sort of halfway to Niagara Falls from Toronto area. Um, and uh, uh, we had that camp for many years, and now that location is essentially a strip mall. Um, but uh, we did a family camp for many years where um, families can leave this heart of the city and go into uh, the countryside and spend time with family and uh, hear the gospel and those kind of things. Um, so we did that for a long time. And uh, I'm jumping way ahead, but in around 1999, um, the Board of Toronto City Mission and the leaders of Toronto City Mission identified a void in the work of poverty relief and transformation in the city of Toronto. And a decision was made um, to refocus on developing and transforming families, um, children and families, and communities rather than providing re uh, relief assistance. So in other words, rather than having people come to us, we want to go where the needs are, right? So we mm -hmm. began building these ministry sites. You know, the, you know, you've heard of uh, places like Willow Tree and St. Jamestown and Kingston yeah. Galloway and Flemington Park and um, Malvern and those kind of places, right? 
Um, so, so, so we decided that the shift of um, the paradigm of shift in ministry was um, rather than having people come from all over the city and line up in, a, in front of our home, our office, and get stuff. Um, we would be much better off um, in being in certain communities around the city and doing ministry in those cities. Uh, and that's where um, um, we were, was birthed these ministry sites. And uh, um, that's what we've been doing for the past 21 or 22 years. So essentially, that's the very, very abridged history of, uh, of Toronto City Mission. Yeah. And, and, what do you, and what kind of stuff happens at those sites? Well, um, so in each of the in each of our communities, we have we have two outreach workers, um, and they um, are there to um, um, respond to the felt needs of that community. We have common programs that are the same in each of our programs. We have programs called a program called Kick, which is our after school program that's in all of our communities. We have a program called Epic Tutoring, that's our, our after school tutoring program. We have a program called Youth Extreme, which is our youth group. Um, we have um, a program called TLC, which is our um, uh, sort of LIT training, uh, training teens to be leaders in the community. Um, we have programs like Role Model Moms, which is a um, uh, a program that um, helps uh, moms who didn't finish high school get their high school certification. Um, but for the things like the after school program, the youth groups, um, they're the same name, but in each of the communities, the program might look a little bit different based on the needs of that community. Um, so um, those are our regular year-long um, programs that we would offer Monday to fr- Monday to Friday, um, and then during the summer and our spring break, we call it March break here. Um, during a March break, we have we we run one week of March break uh, day camp um, in the spring, and then we would run uh, six to seven weeks of day camp in the summer, which is why how your church got involved with us over our summer day camp. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To be honest with you, to kind of build on what Zach said a, a minute ago, we, our, our mission trips probably would better be called immersion experiences because with the help of the Toronto City Mission and also um, the Salvation Army and uh, the folks at the Scott Mission, and I, I know they're not, they don't do these things anymore, but you'll remember them, the, the Shout Clinic. You remember the Shout Clinic yeah. and then yes. the Queen's yes. Right Clinic? We we actually wanted to immerse our students into this cycle of poverty so that they could see what resources were available uh, to people who were who were living this life in the hopes that our students would not only see the humanity of people who were I mean the humanity of people who were living in these situations but could also see how they too having having seen something embodied there right. in Toronto, how they, they too could be involved in the interruption of the cycle of poverty, uh, not there, not just there, but also here. Um, right. So I have, a, I have a question for you along those lines, because um, I do want to talk to you a little bit. I mean, to me, if I needed to, to talk to somebody about generational poverty, you're still the person that I would call. Um, and right. so I want to ask you a couple of questions relative to generational poverty. What are the, the long-term effects on a person or a family who has lived for their the length of their memory in generational poverty. Yeah, um, um, you know, it's probably best to give examples from our, our experience. Um, and uh, what we are finding um, 
in the probably in the past more so in the past 10 to 12 years was that when I first began in the in the early 2000s in the late 90s early 2000s um, gener generation poverty was quite prevalent in terms of the people that we were ministering to which you know means that you know mom dad mom and dad children maybe grandparents were living together in one unit and there's that generation poverty right what we're finding more and more these days is that there are those folks of course but the other form of poverty that we have is uh, poverty based on people who are new to the country. So um, either new immigrants or refugees, and they are, as, you know, they live in the same government housing as the generational folks who were in poverty for, you know, for, for a long time. So uh, I want to be careful how I kind of uh, mouse those two together. Um, so in terms of your question, Pastor John, I would say that um, the, the, one of the effects that we see clearly is just a lack of hope in life in general. Mm. And uh, um, I, th I think that um, when young kids see that their parents are hopeless in their life, it's very easy for them to acquire that same hopelessness. Um, so we work uh, really hard to bring hope to people's lives. And for us, the best way to do that is through the gospel of Jesus. Um, but um, we, you know, we can't just do that. We have to offer programs that are preventative, um, that, that we help the, the this whole phrase about breaking cycles of poverty that we offer programs that will try to help break those cycles um, cycles of poverty and uh, um, and that's one of our um, goals in terms of how we transform lives is to offer preventative programs. Um, clearly, you know um, we see other things like um, you know children tend to mimic and um, 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 yeah. what what they see in their own parents. Yeah. Um, so you know we do see oftentimes um, poor health, um, things like dental health and reg uh, just general health. Um, we see um, things like um, poor nutritional health. Um, they don't have very good diets at, at times. Um, um, we see sort of a lack of emphasis on education as, as the way to get out of um, poverty because, you know, mom and dad might have not had a very big, ed big education either, right? So um, we see some of those things. Um, along with the sort of lack of hope, there's also, because of that, there's just lack of ambition, you know? You know, what are your dreams? And, and for some of the kids, it's really hard to, you know, besides saying, I want to play in the NBA or the NFL, or the NHL, um, which are, those are dreams, but, you know, uh, not many kids make it to the yeah. NHL or the NBA or the sure. NFL, right? They, yeah. they have a hard time coming up with ambitious dreams about themselves, right? Um, so I think those are some of the effects that we see very clearly. Um, and, and I guess uh, along with the lack of hope and lack of ambition is the lack of confidence, right? Yeah. And uh, so we've got some kids that, um, you know, um, when they're together and playing, they're they're rough and tumble. But if they go out with meet some other people, other kids um, at a park or something, they might be a little bit less um, um, confident in terms of who they are, right? And uh, um, so there's, there's a lot of those um, ex um, examples that I can think of. And I was going to ask you, you kind of mentioned it already. I mean, it is a circle, right? There's this, this cycle sure. of, of right. generational poverty. So it's hard to jump in there and determine where it begins because I can I right. can see where that lack of hope becomes the seedbed from which poverty, you know, arises. But if, if right. I were to ask you, how does generational poverty begin, what would you say? Yeah, that's a that's a really good question. Um I think maybe one something that um, I, I I would be remiss if I didn't um, talk about is, um, you know, in Canada we are definitely um, we live in a more of a socialist. I know it's kind of a 
taboo word in America, but uh, the good kind of socialism where people have a right to things and the people have a, a, a free health care, those kind of things. Um, so I think the, the poverty in Canada may, might look a little bit different. So um, I want to be careful how I, you know, um, translate that to a, a sort of an American sure. audience as well. Um, um, but I, I really, I, I think that... Um, um, some of it is, um, as I see some of our kids, is that um, they see their parents in terms of being in poverty as something that they're, they've gotten used to, right? Um, so the government helps them um, with um, a certain amount of money each week, each month to pay for rent and have, they have enough money for food. And although the place where they live is not the best, it's, it's not the best place to live, they still have a place to live. Right. Yeah. And yeah. so they see that over years and years and they think that that's what's good for me too. Yeah. Right. And I think that really accentuates that the next generation. Right. Um, and uh, um, I think that's some of it, you know, the, clearly there, there are some causes of gender poverty where, um, sometimes it's just someone's had just bad luck, you know, um, you know, um, there's some mental illness there at some point and uh, you lose your job and you can't get back on your feet and no one will hire you. And therefore you, you end up on welfare or you end up in have some of some sort of government housing and you just, you're, you're stuck. Right. Right. Um, um, no, there's, there's also poor choices people make, you know, earlier in life, they might've, uh, done some, some silly things or dumb things and they've ended up in jail and they've never been able to regain themselves once they get out and they're stuck in poverty and uh, it's hard for them to get out. Um, there might be some disabilities, physical um, right. disabilities. Right. Um, um, so I, I think that um, those are to me some of the uh, causes of what we see in, in our work. And the last, and, and we, we can move on after this, but I, I wanted to give you kind of, this is, this is sort of the Trinity of questions about, so given your experience, Elliot, what are the two or three of the most reliable ways to interrupt the cycle and give somebody a chance that they might not have otherwise? Yeah, that's a, well, that's, that's the, the $64,000 question, yeah, right? That's, the that's, dream. that's, yeah. um, yeah. so, I mean, for us, um, we have seen some success uh, of transformation, but when I say that, I want to be careful that we can't take full credit for that. Do you know what I mean? Like the fact that sure. a young person who grew up in one of our communities um, went to school, um, got a bit of a better education, moved out, and is living their life well. Um, how much of that do we take credit for? Sure. Right? right. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. that could that could be you know. Of course, you know, a young person might have been in our after school program since the, you know, fourth or fifth grade and went through our programs and um, 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 were taught to um, um, about how God loves them and their life was valued and our staff valued them and uh, we helped them through some homework. We, we might have even um, helped them with some extra homework. We really, our staff worked with them in terms of being a better person, making good choices, being wise, offered them safe places to spend their after schools and summer times and and spring breaks and March breaks and those kind of things. And they finish high school and they go to university and, or college and uh, they get a job and they moved out. Right. We, we, we celebrate that, but um, um, how much of that is us. Right. Yeah. Um, and uh, so we don't want to take full credit for that, but for us, certainly um, one of the, one of the keys that from my experience and our experience is that it's education, yeah. you know, can they finish high school? Can they move on to college? Can they, um, go from college to graduating college and finding a job. That's a real, real key, right? And the other, especially for young girls, is um, 
I'm going to use a double negative, but the ability not to get pregnant mm -hmm. and to kind of get stuck mm -hmm. and to make better choices. Um, we've seen some of those successes um, in, in, in some of our communities as well. Um, so one of it is definitely preventative programs. The other one is just in um, what's worked for us is building very, very healthy, positive, long-term relationship with the families and the children and the youth that, that we, we minister to. Yeah. And we feel like those are really, really keys in terms of transforming um, someone's life. And, you know, sprinkled all over that is the gospel of Jesus. You know, yeah. we, we yeah. are overtly Christian. We don't, we don't hide that. Um, and in everything that they, they do with us, whether it's an after-school program or summer day camp, sometime in that day, there'll be a gospel message. Um, you know, people have every right to um, not partake in that part, but that's, that's okay with us. But uh, there's always that, you know, that message of hope and uh, our staff are make no bones about it, that they come from a faith background. I mean, don't shove it down their throats, obviously, but it's, it's, we try to emulate our faith through our actions with them and to love them um, unconditionally in the way Christ would love us. Yeah. Elliot, I, and it's interesting that you, you kind of ended with the, we don't shove that down their throats because uh, several years back uh, I led the Flemington park team uh, in Flemington park. And that was, uh, yeah. that was one of the first years that, it might have been the first year that uh, you guys um, were uh, inviting Muslim kids into yeah. your, your summer day camps. And I, right. I always admired that. And I always thought that was a really, um, really good and also a uh, um, rare move for, for a Christian organization to do that. What, what was that sort of decision making like? And uh, why did you guys do that? Well, that was actually quite a simple decision because we were Fleming Park. Um, if you know the city at all, is actually a very high density of Muslim Muslim population. Now, most Muslim people who are more devout would never come to a Toronto City Mission program. But there are nominal—I uh, don't know the right wording—but there are Muslims that are not so devout. Maybe that mm -hmm. it's okay that they come to a because they think it's good. Mm -hmm. You know, they, it's Christian, it's faith-based, so they think it's good. Um, and we we struggle a little bit with that because we don't know really how to um, uh, bring up the uh, the faith pattern because we we do have in our day camps uh, a daily Bible time we do have um, you know worship time and those kind of things right so we simply gave the parents an option of an opt out you know if you don't want your kids to be part of the the Bible time or the worship time then we will take your kids to the to the basketball court or to the other room and they could do some um, play you know play ball outside or they could do uh, some math questions or math, math charts or reading you can they can read books with some staff our staff there and that seemed to be a very fair um, um, middle ground and I think those Muslim parents very much appreciated that because we were providing a safe place for their kids to spend the summer the summer weeks right um, and they were getting the other things like uh, um, you know the active activities the swimming the crafts the arts the music and those kind of things and fun games and things like that. Um, they were just missing out on the gospel part. We didn't want to get to the point where that was the majority because otherwise that nullifies who we are as a Christian organization, right? But if it's just, you know, 10%, 15% of the kids that came, we had no problem doing that. And we, we have followed suit on that in terms of our regular programming as well. Yeah, and honestly, Elliot, I, I think I'd give you a little more credit. I, I think that they were getting a lot of the gospel part of it just from the sheer welcome. And, and I, I remember... My team in particular had John's daughter, Taylor, um, on it, and, and that was one of her most meaningful experiences throughout all of her Toronto trips was spending time with the Muslim kids in the opt-out time and getting to just right. play games and do, you know, do, you know, uh, exercises and things like that. Because I, I know that a lot of it was like, uh, like leadership questions and just like, 
um, building up the building them up as humans sort of questions, which yeah, actually yeah. kind of uh, ends up being gospel type stuff. Right. Now, I can share kind of a neat story, kind of piggyback on that. Right, is that in our um, we have a community in southeast, the southeastern part of our city called uh, Kingston Galloway, and we had the same opt out for a few students one summer. And uh, you know, in my role, I, I'm visiting maybe once or twice a week during camp time to see how things are going. And, and plus, I don't want to spend all my time at the office, so I like to get out. And um, I met one of the kids who I I, I was told that was one of the opt out kids, and so I was spending just a few minutes with them, just not kind of minding my business, just getting trying to get to know this one kid. And uh, as he was, you know, walking around afterwards, he was singing these like, worship songs. So I went to him and said, like, aren't you in the opt-out? He goes, I am. He goes, how did you learn those songs? And he goes, well, I can hear it from the room, that the opt-out room. And I've learned the words. <laughs> and, and so like completely unintentional RN, right? So I want to make sure that, you know, you should make sure you should tell your parents that you, you, you're not learning this from, you're learning this in the opt-out room. And he said, yeah, okay, I will tell my parents that. Right. So we, we just don't know the effects of those kind of things. Right. Accidental Jesus is what. Accident, yeah, very much accidental. Yeah. Exactly. Accidental <laughs> Jesus is the name of the new Christian rock band that uh, Zach and I are starting That's here. Right. It's Canadian <laughs> rock band. <laughs> Canadian Christian rock band. Accidental Jesus. Uh, that's funny. That's right. But you know what, Zach? I I really appreciate that you bringing that up. How your your team really enjoyed that opt out time, and that was kind of an interesting dynamic for you. That's really um, affirmed some of the things that we were thinking at that for that particular thing. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, because it, it it is it is just like it's such a hospitality move, and felt very much in in line and in character with with who we are at OKC First. Um, Right. And speaking of our teams, I mean, Oklahoma teams have been coming for 20 years. I mean, over is it over 20 years yet? Are we, are we there yet? Well, let's go with roughly 20 roughly years. Roughly 20 yeah. years? Oh, yeah, give or take a couple of years in there. Um, what is it? What has it been like uh, from your end um, having a consistent uh, a consistent team from a consistent place every single year? Yeah, well, yeah. Um, <laughs> I look at it this way. Um, uh, so... At the height of our, our ministry, we had um, we would do four four day camps, different day camps, right? Mm -hmm. So my role in my previous role as the um, director of outreach, I had to book um, seven weeks of camp, right, and times four mission teams, four four sites, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that would be seven times. That'd be twenty eight different teams, right? And the fact that you, whether it's you or Pastor Mike, uh, the summer you were there would say to me at the end of the week, let's let's book next year, was such a glorious thing to me because it meant like four less spots I had to, I had to book for the following <laughs> summer. You know what I mean? Like simple as that, right? So we really appreciated that, uh, you know, um, we were afraid because you were bringing like teams of like 30, 35, 40 sometimes. And we thought, how can we accommodate everybody? And that therefore I'm glad that you had some connections to the Salvation Army and some other, like our, our some of our partners as well, like, like the gospel church there. Yeah. And, uh, um, so, um, for us, um, we were so thankful that you were, you came, every, you've come every year, um, with multiple teams that would, um, you guys would, you know, if I could just, you know, if you could do kind of a Truman Show thing for your team, as you're downtown Toronto, and see yourselves, your team spreading out across the city, that's yeah. a beautiful, that's a beautiful, beautiful mm. site, right? Um, and uh, for me, um, it wasn't just the fact that you guys were filling spots, but you guys were doing a good job, and you prepared, and you had people that came over and over, you know, multiple years, and plus you had some. Um, 
like really, really uh, special um, adult leaders that came. So someone's doing a great job in the church, you know, in terms of raising up adult volunteers. Um, you know, that's, you know, I met people like Kristen and, and uh, Laura and some other folks that, you know, that would come regularly every year. And uh, um, through social media, we become friends through that. So, um, and I know that a lot of our staff have um, have built relationship with you guys through that. Um, so it's been a really, really um, wonderful experience. And uh, uh, probably some of the relationships are going to be there for life, you know. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'll give you a story of example of my my own daughter because I was telling her that I'm going to be doing this, and she gave me she reminded me that uh, um, you know she she had one a friend that she met year after year after year as she was volunteering at one of the places was a girl named Courtney, mm. and through that relationship she actually visited Oklahoma City. That's right. Hmm. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I do and then um, <laughs> and then with the same friend um, they went to they met each other in Texas. You know, a year after sometime after that, right? So. Um, in my own family, personally, like it's wonderful for my daughter to travel and see the world and to have friends from Oklahoma City. Like for for her, that was very unique, right? So yeah, Oklahoma, um, a pretty a pretty uh, hot uh, travel destination, tourist <laughs> destination. Yeah, it is. Uh, it is a <laughs> yes, it's a tourist trap. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I really have to get there. Some once this pandemic is over, I really have to come for a visit. Yes. You gotta come watch a Thunder game, right? Or scrappy uh, little Thunder. Not, yeah. I, I don't really want to come and uh, share anything at the church, but I like to come and just uh, meet the people I know. Oh, <laughs> so more of a more of a holiday rather yeah, than yeah, yeah. a Not, work yeah, we, won't, thing. we won't put you to work. Noted. <laughs> <laughs> Noted. Do you have any? I'm, I'm going to put you on the spot, and we can cut all this out if we need to. But do you have a, a, a funny story relative to the Oklahoma teams that you can remember, or anything, or a meaningful story? Doesn't have to be funny. It'll well, be great. Uh, or, yeah. or who's your or who's your favorite team leader? Um, oh well, I don't. I wouldn't yeah, want to go there. Uh, I'd I mean, like to know that. You never forget. Well, your there's first. there's so many. There's so many. <laughs> uh, so many favorite teamers. I, 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 if I picked one, I'd, I'd be offending others. So I'm not going to answer that one. Correct. Uh, but, it's, Thank my, you. it's Mike. I knew it. <laughs> yeah. The, <laughs> actually, Mike and I got along really well because of. Uh, um, I think we're about similar age, and our taste in music is kind of similar too. So we got along quite well yeah. with. Uh, yes. Um, and I think that we actually figured out that there are certain, certain concert tours that that you know he was. Somewhere in America, and I was here in Toronto, but we went to the same concert tour, kind of that kind of uh, connectedness, right? So, really, um, yeah. So definitely, Mike was a Mike's been a a, a great support and a um, great uh, partner with us. Um, you know, I think of way back when um, we had um, Andy Cox and James Sturgis. Yeah, I don't know if you remember those two those oh, two yeah. guys. And uh, you know, through their summer, one summer or two summers with us, they stayed here for with us for like nine months. If you remember yeah. that, yeah. Um, so they were living in our old house and, uh, you know, my wife and I basically adopted them. So they're over at my house, our house a lot. And, you know, our fridge was their fridge and so many great stories about James and, and uh, Andy and, uh, uh, James, I've lost touch with a little bit. Andy, I'm still in touch with, um, 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 you know, rarely, but still, and I, I can, I can, fig- I can get a hold of it if I needed to. So th- those are going to be uh, people that I'll remember for the rest of my life. Yeah. But I think some of the big stories like every summer that I'm, I'm always like, um, you know how you visit somewhere and you say like, this is so amazing. And the people that live there think it's okay, but it's not that amazing. Do you know what I'm <laughs> yeah. about? You know, that never happens to us, but yeah. Let me give you an example. Let me give you an example. Um, so earlier on, Mike says to me, like, you got to come and have dessert with us. Like it's, it's amazing. And I'm thinking like there could be, you know, Toronto's a big city. There's a ton of places that's amazing dessert. Right. And, uh, 
He goes, it's in Greek town. I said, Dimitrov. For, for for Mike and the team, I think they, you know, obviously I know why, because they're huge portions and delicious and, you know, but for me, I never thought of Dimitri's as like the, whoa, right? So every time he invited me, I'd go down and, and I'd hang out with with, with, with this, with the, with young people and they just loved it. And I was like, like, this is good. This is good. But I never fully understood why they thought, and I thought, should I introduce Mike to something maybe I thought was better than that? But I thought, I don't want to rain on his bread. This is his thing, and he <laughs> hey, loves this. Hey, and, feel free to rain on mine. I would like to I would like to be shown. <laughs> something Mike told me one year, he went to Dimitri's like five times in the week or something like yeah. that because he took every team because it's so good for him, right? Oh, my gosh. Um, it's amazing yeah. he's still alive after nope. all the Dimitri's. <laughs> we, went, we went to Dimitri's, I mean, first year. Yeah. Like that, that right? was a part of the well, part of the cultural immersion experience. We would pick different parts of the city to go to, and one night it was Greek Town, another night it was it was a it was an Asian thing, and then another night right, it was something right. different. And so that that night that we went to Dimitri's, we had already eaten dinner actually somewhere else, and right. then we went over there for dessert. And that was one of the times that Wayne Schmiel was with us, and we right. I don't that has just become a staple. Yeah, and now we now, now that we're bringing teams of 30, 35, uh we we have to call ahead or else they get they get a little irritated. <laughs> a little miffed because yeah. it's uh yeah. we we kind of take over the top area of of Dimitri's. Right. Right. And and I, I know that the, you know, junior week with us, so sometimes one of the leaders will invite me to come have dinner with you guys and sometimes it's like at a, at a, a Chinese restaurant, you know, Toronto's a very metropolitan, multi, you know, very um lots of different kind of ethnicities here and uh um you know, for some of your kids to have like sort of real authentic Chinese food for the first time, that's always kind of a treat for me to see how they react to that. And good for them. They're on a mission trip. They, they, got, they should try something new. Yeah, so, that's um, that's so. one of our rules, actually, is that when, when you're on the trip, you can't like the one rule about eating is that you can't eat somewhere you can get in America. So and, and, right. I, and I'm always I'm always jealous of the kids going to Chinese gospel church. Um, because it's right. always it's always like one of the very like first or second day that they're there that that the site leaders end up taking them over. I think they go have dim sum uh, over at a, right. near, at a nearby place and it right across the street. Yeah, yeah. And it, I, I I got to partake in it one year and I, I they just kept shoveling food in my face and it yeah. was just they're like yeah. oh you you could still you can still breathe all right cool cool here's some more right right well and right. it used to be the street dogs oh I mean I, it still is the street right. dogs I love yeah. them. And I know that yeah. that must be one where the local folks are going, yeah, dude, they're street dogs. <laughs> and we're well, like, actually, these are the actually, greatest things ever. They're pretty great. Actually, you know what, John? Um, I, I have a more of an affinity to the street dogs than I would have with, like, Dimitri's. Oh, street okay. dogs. Because yeah. for, for, for people that grew up here, um, you know, street dogs, you can't get up in the suburbs. It's down. It's a kind of a downtown thing. Um, mostly it's downtown thing, right? Yeah. So I remember as a kid always going down to, like, you know, around the Eaton Center area or one of the, you know, like um, one of the touristy areas, like like the museum and stuff like that. And right outside, there'll always be a guy selling hot dogs for a dollar or two dollars. And it's like, whoa, I can get two or three of these, you know? Yeah, right? So, yeah. 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 Love those but, you street know, dogs. The other story that I, the other story that I always remember is both uh, Pastor Zach and Pastor Mike telling me this is that every year you made it a tradition. I don't remember when it happened that you would go to a, a Korean restaurant oh, um, yeah. to to finish off your week. And that was uh, special to me because, you know, my background is Korean. So I thought, wow, you guys might find a Korean restaurant. And for, I think both you and Mike were saying that the person that owns it would know, remember your, or, like your order and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. That's an incredible, that's a wonderful relationship. And that's a great story. Oh, absolutely. I, I always think of that story. Yeah. That's uh yeah. Um, 
that's that's the restaurant where Taylor, John's daughter, and I usually share a large portion of sushi um, because right. we, we're actually kind of the perfect match of I usually eat like three quarters of it and she eats about a quarter. Right. Um, and, and that, that, that order is starting to get cemented in, but actually that's really interesting that you bring that restaurant up because, um, I, I at least been, I think you sent me something possibly, and somebody yeah. else has sent me something about, um, it being one of the, I, I don't, I, I haven't checked in, in, in a bit, but like it being affected by COVID, um, yeah, very much. it's one of those local restaurants that that's been affected by COVID. Um, what is, what has it been like over this past year? We're coming up on a year of, uh, of sort of a lot of these shutdowns happening. Yeah. What's it like yeah. to do ministry during COVID? Like what, what's just the vibe there in Canada specifically? Yeah. Um, well, you know, Canada's a huge country, so it's, it's more on, regional. Ontario you know, specifically. Yeah, is Ontario, what I uh, so, said. yeah. And, uh, let me even, um, magnify a little bit because Ontario is also a huge province, right? And, you know, most of us kind of, you don't live there, but you know the eighty percent of the population is, is um, within a certain area. Um, it's been interesting. It's been a you know, I would say the way I looked at it personally for me, it's been like death by a thousand cuts. You know, mm. I wish they would just do the most severe lockdown and then, you know, let me live through that so that things will get better. It's been increments of things, right? So, obviously. Way back in last uh, March, it was bad. So everything got shut down, restaurants, everything. Spring and summer was much better. Our numbers were really good, actually. And uh, restaurants were open. Um, for sure, patio was, were open. And then restaurants, indoor was open for a certain percentage of, of, of uh, numbers, maybe 25% or 30%, whatever, right? And as the fall came in um, and numbers got worse, that second wave hit, um, uh, the indoor pat indoor dining got taken away, and then the the patio was still there until it got really cold. And then most recently, um, it's all been shut down. All restaurants have been shut down, um, and uh, it's only for takeout, uh, takeout or pickup. It's for restaurants. So it's been the restaurant industry has been hit really really hard, and I do feel feel really really bad for them. You know. Mm -hmm. um, um, Are things trending yeah. in the right direction for you yet? The last week or so, our numbers have gotten has uh, plateaued, and uh, it's it's you know I think what's happened is the 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 Christmas New Year's peak of people right. going out with you know not ab abiding by the the regulations. Right. You know that's a 14, 14 day window kind of you know the the incubation's about fourteen days, so that's done. So our numbers are slowly creeping down, um, but the new fear right now is the these new variants like mm -hmm. the, yeah. the UK variant or the Brazilian variant or whatever um, the South African variant. So. Um, that, that's the fear here right now is that our number is going down, but if, uh, this other variant takes control, then that, it's going to get worse again. Right. Yeah. So, but for us, um, um, I think the vac, like the, probably you guys too, um, having vaccines and things like that, it's, it makes it much more hopeful. Mm, um, yeah. um, so our, our government is having, our federal government is having a bit of a hard time procuring, um, a lot of the vaccines. And even when they have procured a lot, um, the, the drug makers are not get, delivering it on time. So sometimes we don't get as much as we thought we were going to get things like that. So, but our federal government said that by, by February, by this coming um, September, any Canadian, any Canadian that wants a vaccine will be able to get a vaccine by September. Wow. So we're looking at eight months still, right? Yeah. So yeah, um, still, still a long time. And didn't yeah. Canada buy enough to, to share with other countries that might not have the resources to. to yes, have... we did. And uh, that's part of the plan. Um, but it's, I look at it kind of like this, you know, um, if you're starving, um, but you buy food for next month, it's not really helpful right now. Right. Yeah. right. Um, so it's kind of like that scenario to me. Um, and, uh, 
I don't I don't follow the vaccine numbers very very cl- closely, but uh, I know that we did buy a lot, and you know it's. I'm not surprised in our, at our, in our federal government wanting to help those countries that are less fortunate in terms of uh, helping provide some vaccines. But I think the priority obviously would be to get the vaccines in the arms of Canadians first. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but that might take quite a long time as well. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. And, and how, how is it, how has it uh, affected your, your programming? I mean, cause I, I mean, we've oh, yeah. been, we, we obviously have had to shift a lot of things around here. Like, what does it look like for you guys? I mean, it's been a challenge. Um, the one thing in terms of ministry that COVID has taught us is that uh, God is saying to us, do it a different way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, the old way is not going to work, right? It'll work later on again, but it's not working. It's not going to work right now. So um, we've had to go essentially completely online. Um, and uh, there's been some challenges. Um, at the very beginning, some of our, our families didn't have a second um, tablet or uh, um, um or laptop or something like that. Um, and uh, so we, we did a bit of a laptop drive and we tried to provide as many families with um, a, 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 a pretty, you know, hopefully that device we provided for them would be, um, would work well. Um, so for a while, um, the um, um, the online was was, was good. Um, we did try with a couple in our, in, in our some of our sites to do some um, in-person one in the fall. Um, but uh, the numbers got so bad that that was shut down as well. So we're completely online. Um, what's happened here um, in the greater Toronto area is that um, after Christmas, they they close schools again. And so one of the battles we're having right now is that kids are in school online all day. So it's a little hard for them to be on school online on the front of the computer all day and then come to an after school program online as well. So that's a little yeah. bit of a struggle for us. Um, and I can understand that because even as an adult, if I'm doing this all day and then have to go to a church meeting online, that's a little hard, right? Yeah. Um, so uh, we're, we're struggling through that. Um, uh, but, uh, you know, nothing is perfect. Um, COVID hit at a time for us when we were gaining some momentum um, and uh, that momentum was completely sort of like stopped uh, through COVID. Um, so if I can just spend a few minutes giving you, you know, um, a bit of a um, history of last just the last three or four years. Yeah. Um, so. Um, I, I, I came in this role in 1999, but it wasn't like a succession plan. It was sort of, uh, um, not a plan, right? So it's, it's always not as, as enjoyable or celebratory when, um, you, you have a new ED, but it's not planned. Right. Yeah. Um, we definitely did have some issues with, um, leadership a few years ago. And because of that, um, we had some loss in, in staff. Um, and, uh, um, so we went from beginning of 99 when we had, five five ministry sites um by the end of the, that summer we were down to just two um and uh we are certainly rebuilding again um we just rebooted in world tree that last fall in october so we're at three ministry sites now and we're happy about that we're hoping for a fourth site um next fall but we're still we're still very much in a rebuilding um stabilizing time but we feel like uh um, God has really blessed the mission over the last couple of years, and uh, we're looking forward to growing again in, 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 in um, big leaps and bounds. Elliot, you mentioned, and it warmed my heart, that you'd like to talk a little bit of sports. You don't want to just be you know, saddled with this whole God and ministry thing, blah, 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 blah. blah. <laughs> <laughs> um, is, has the city, uh, has the city uh, yet fully appreciated all that happened in the winning of an NBA championship? And what is that like? Because we just dream about that here. Um. Okay, let me let me give you a little bit of a con, uh, t- context to this, where I'm coming from. 
So I'm old enough where I was I was an adult when the Toronto Blue Jays won back-to-back World Series in 1992-93. And that was a huge thing because in my lifetime, I was two when the Toronto Maple Leafs won the Stanley Cup. So it was a very long time ago, right? So the the Jays winning those two years was like the highlight of my sporting life, you know? Um, So we went decades without any, any, you know, I think that we are, Toronto has the best fans in the world because we have traditionally supported losing teams, right? Um, the Raptors had been good for a few years, and then we had the Kawhi trade, right? And uh, it was tough to lose DeMar because he was such a fixture on, in our city and uh, loved our city. And he was one of the very few people, players, that actually re-signed with us after his uh, first contract was done. So we love him. Yeah. Um, but there is something special that, that, that spring that you just kind of could feel that uh, it's, not, it's not the same Raptors. You know, um, and uh, um, it, it also helped that the world was looking on us as well. You know, we have kind of that um, younger brother complex to the big American cities. And uh, I think that it was just so we, we relished in the fact that, you know, TNT came here. Wow. TNT is here. Right. <laughs> um, you know, uh, you know, Charles Barkley and the, that group came to Toronto and was part of our our, our um um, our, our, our euphoria about winning, you know, um, um, you know, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if during that playoff, you saw pictures of what happened outside the stadium, how the number of fans are out there yeah. and jumping up and down, stuff like that. Yeah. yeah so, yeah. um, it was, it was an exciting time. It was a really exciting time at that same time. We, I had two, um, uh, missionaries from Germany that was working with the young, young guys that were working with us. And, uh, so they got to experience that whole thing. So they were in Toronto for one year and got to see the Raptors win. And they still talk about it. Right. Is Drake as big a fan as it looks like from, from... yeah. Yeah. Man. Yeah. He's a, <laughs> he's a, yeah. He's a, he, w- w- he's our international ambassador of some sort. Yeah. So he's got an official title with us. Yeah. Well, yeah. like, okay. So if you had to put it between you and Drake, who's, who's a bigger fan? Mm. Um, in terms of defining what a fan is, like a, however you uh, he's want, probably the bigger, however he's probably the bigger fan. No, oh, Drake no, is probably no. the bigger. <laughs> Here's that, my question: yeah. Is I I prefer to understand Kanye as the American Drake as opposed <laughs> to Drake as the Canadian Conway Kanye. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what about you? Yeah. How how would you weigh in on that? Um. That was dumb. We don't have to talk yeah, about I that. I, 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 yeah. <laughs> I was like, where, how is he supposed yeah, to answer I, I was, this question? I, I, was trying to, I was trying to give you a witty answer, but I couldn't, I couldn't think no, of anything don't, witty there. Don't humor no, him. No, no, that's true. That, <laughs> I can, that's only dangerous. Don't let him win that one. But, I mean, Elliot, I mean, that that's one of the first things we connected on was, was sports whenever whenever right. I got there. Um, because right. I'm, a, I'm a Kansas City fan, and I, I know right, that my, yeah. my, my Royals had to go through uh, through y'all, you know, a time or two in the playoffs on their way to a uh, world series. And then, uh, right. you do, you do claim the Buffalo bills. Um, right. and, uh, I, I do recall, it's not very long ago that the chiefs ended up beating them pretty handily, um, <laughs> oh, on their boy. way to face Tom Brady. Um, are you, my question is like, are you guys good at sports? Okay. <laughs> All right. This <laughs> Seems to have taken an ugly turn. I'm sorry about this. Who do I write Actually, my letter know, to? Yeah. Actually, just just to just to um, re- respond to the Kansas City comments. Um, you know what? Um, as a Toronto sports fan, um, the Kansas City Royals have been um, 
heartbreakers to us twice. Yeah. Right. The first time I think it was 85 when you guys won the world series and we, you know, we were one out of basically away from winning that the American league. And then the other time more recently um, was when you guys stole that game from us. Oh, oh I yeah. see. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll send you the, the the footage. That was heartbreaking. Yeah. <laughs> that was heartbreaking. Not for yeah. me. Not for me. Uh, Elliot, I do have I have I have two more questions before we get to okay. rapid fire. Um, okay. We'll explain that when we get there. Um, the the second question will be about hope, and we we ask everybody that. But one thing I was actually really interested in um, are I love stories of transformation, um, and you've been at TCM for um, a long time, and so. I mean, do you have any, I mean, obviously like without getting specific, like too specific, but like, what are your favorite stories of transformation or even type of transformation? Cause I know for me, like, um, going back, you know, when you go multiple years, um, the TLC program is one of my favorites because I love getting to see, um, campers end up moving into leadership roles, um, and, yeah. and, and kind of grow up right, right, right in front of our eyes. And so. What are some of your favorite stories of transformation that you've seen over the yeah. past couple of decades? Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll share with you two. Um, maybe two, yeah, I'll share with, with two, and they're both quick. One is the something that comes out of that TLC program. TLC stands for Teens Leading Communities. So what this what that program is is that um, early in the school year, we um, each each of their our community staff, uh, outreach staff. Um, Look for you know a handful of kids that they can they can work with throughout the school year to train them to be able to be effective leaders in our summer day camp the following summer, and you know they have to do a certain thing they have to you know in order to qualify they have to go through certain things like um, show up to meetings volunteer uh, do well in school all those kind of things right, and then once you get to the summertime um, they're ex- expected to um, um, be a, a good more than a good helper at, at the day camps. And you've seen what that, that looks like. And it's also an um, opportunity that they get a small honorarium. So it's kind of like the sub first summer job, you know, and most of the TLCs are grade eight, nine, 10, right? Um, uh, so we have a, you know, one of my favorite stories is we have, we had a young lady in one of our communities who um, probably came to our programs in like second grade, went through all of our after school programs and went to day camps and March break camps went to our junior high, uh, high school, uh, youth, youth group. And, uh, um, in junior high, she was a TLC, um, went through high school, did a really good job, went to university and we hired her as one of our summer staff. Wow. Right. And that to me was, um, um, the ultimate of transformation. Um, um, and, uh, um, you know, we hired her on the basis, not because we knew her, but on the basis of merit, you know, um, she displayed leadership. Um, she had a solid faith. Um, she understood the children. Um, she volunteered. Um, just all the things that we, we would look for in any any summer intern while we were we would hire our summer staff. She qualified um, easily, right? Yeah. And I that that is always one of my favorite stories. In that uh, um, we were we were able to raise her up as a leader, mm-hmm. and and to be able to for her to be able to serve and give back to her community was. To, to me, it's such a great, great story of transformation. Yeah. And you said you had a second one? Um, the other one is, is not so much, um, um, it's kind of a general story of transformation is that um, every summer um, when we do uh, our, our summer intern training, so this is the three weeks prior to our day camp starting, um, I, I kind of say this kind of silly thing to, our, to, our, to, to the interns as they begin training is that 
something like, we're so happy you're with us. We hope that you do a great job this summer and we know you're called and we hope that you can apply the gifts that you've been given in the best way possible. And we hope that you build great team, have great experience and also be prepared to have your lives changed. And they all, they all, all the interns say, ah, what does that mean? And stuff like that, right? The transformation is, is this, that sometimes we get interns for one summer, two summers, sometimes a third summer, right? And we've had multiple summer interns who are studying science, who are studying international development, who are studying this program and that program, um, come on a staff of Toronto City Mission that God called them through that first summer of, um, of ministry with us, never thinking that they're going to, they, they're, God had called them to ministry, yeah. right? And I, I, th I think that's, to me, that's, that those are incredible. And some of those staff stayed for 10 years, 12 years, right? And I think that's, that that's, says a lot about um, how God can use people um, in a simple summer and change their life. Yeah. It's, I mean, that really speaks to the up close and personal um, relationship building that happens at TCM. And, and, and right. uh, you spoke earlier about poverty being a, like a lack of hope, um, of hopelessness. Um, where, where do you see hope, Elliot Shin, executive director of Toronto City Mission? Where do you see hope? Wow, make it that question seems so serious now. Um, <laughs> no, I know it's so serious. <laughs> I, I mean, um, I mean, for me, clearly, number one, hope comes from um, from my faith in Christ. That's uh, that, that's the source of my hope. But for me, in terms of ministry, um, hope my hope comes from our partners. Um, local churches who partner with us, uh, even non-local churches like you guys who help us every summer. Um, um, hope comes from um, people who come and volunteer with us to do after school, help with the after school programs. Hope comes through um, volunteers who help us with tutoring programs. Um, hope comes to us through um, volunteers who mentor children and youths. Um, hope comes through even through um, our local politicians who we work with um, not daily, but regularly to help us um, with um, programming um, and to um, 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 and to partner with um, with them, um, you know. Um, and I and hope comes through the fact that we believe that the young people and the families that we minister to um, might find joy and peace and comfort in in, in God's loving arms. And that's that's where hope comes from for me. It's hmm. beautiful. Okay, well now, given all of that really good spiritual stuff, we're going to end on a decidedly non-spiritual note with a okay. little something that is known throughout Canada as rapid-fire questions. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, Elliot, we have not prepared you for any of these questions. Uh, we, we usually do an outline per, per, uh, per podcast, and, and all it says is rapid-fire at the, at the end. So okay. you, you don't have any, any of these questions ahead of time. Um, per usual, as the kids say, um, John, you will go first, and uh, we'll just go back and forth, and you just answer to the best of your ability. What was, the, what was the last song you listened to on your iPod or whatever it is that you listen to music on? Ooh, uh, I went for a walk the other day. The last song that I was playing, oh, my goodness. Um I think it was probably a song by Supertramp. I'm I'm dating myself. So. Oh, <laughs> that's a good answer. And we'll come back to another wow. music theme I think question. Might, you know, what? I think it might have been the Logical Song there. by Supertramp. That there might have go. been playing on the right. on my device. All right, there you go. Uh, I'm gonna keep it. I'm gonna keep it in the music realm right now. Okay, uh, Elliot. What what is the stupidest band name ever? And it could be it could be a popular band too. I have some. 
Um, Nickelback. Oh, uh, uh, like keeping it. it keeping it in the Canadian family. I <laughs> yes, see. Yes, yes. <laughs> my 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 uh, mine that I I have a, a short list. I was I was trying to think through like what are some stupid band names, and actually the Beatles made my band, my stupid band name list. Okay. Oh, it, I mean it's just a bug. Mail. It's just like a general bug. It is a right? bug. It's just a bug. Like what a dumb band name. Sorry, Beatles heads. <laughs> okay, um, if you and the missus were going to go out and you had a gift card of however much you needed, what's the restaurant? you guys would go to tonight tonight oh, oh my god at this point i'd go anywhere i'd go to mcdonald's if, uh, if i could mcdone uh, um did you say mcdone <laughs> uh, i'm just reflecting the fact that we haven't gone out in a long time um yeah, yeah probably go like pre-pandemic or post-pandemic where like where's oh, your I, where's your favorite place i don't have a favorite place i, I would probably be definitely a steakhouse of some sort okay do you have any names of a steakhouse that that you that you like that I can go to next time I'm there? Uh, I don't want to give that away. I'll, I'll tell you when you come. Oh, that's I see what you're doing there. Trying you know, to... Oh, you know, I'll take you. I'll take you. There it is. That's right. Okay. Thank you very much. Uh, let's see. What is, what is your most irrational fear? <laughs> wow. Um... Isn't fear all rational? <laughs> that's that's fair. You know, like I, like, like 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 my mine is uh, I'm afraid of moths. Like I, I hate like I'm just terrified of them for some reason. Okay, I, I don't know if it's irrational, but I, I I'm as I get older, I, I have a greater fear of heights. Okay, ah. so you're not you're not going you're not going up in the CN Tower at any point. That, that's when I discovered last time I was in the CN Tower. Um, I was taking a couple of guests and i realized whoa this is kind of scary for me now why is this so scary <laughs> all right you guys can uh chill up here i'm going back down <laughs> <laughs> okay back to music uh as you know it's probably also tra- tradition just as much there as it is here mm-hmm. given that we've seen some of the same rock uh tours every once in a while a guitarist gets really excited and they destroy their guitar on the way off stage you ever seen that off on stage destroying the guitar yeah, just, on stage just yeah, yeah. Like, get so excited yeah what yeah. is the song that is most likely to make elliot shin destroy his guitar on stage <laughs> <laughs> wow um it's got to be a rocking song then right yeah uh, <laughs> i don't know why but uh you know the song "We're Not Gonna Take It." Yeah, yeah. All right. yeah that, that that comes to mind. <laughs> Little twisted sister, twisted sister. Yeah, <laughs> great band name, by the way. Yes, <laughs> I have a I have a two parter for you. Um, okay. What is the best concert you've been to, and then what is okay. the best sporting event you've been to? Oh man, oh such a good question. Um, oh, so many concerts. It's a bit of a cop out, but I, I would say you um, uh, too, Joshua Tree, the original Joshua Tree oh, tour, great. 80, Absolutely. 87, maybe 88, some, somewhere in that. No, maybe it was earlier than that. I don't, whenever that, that tour was. Yeah. Um, sporting events. Um, that's a good question. Did you go to any of the championship games that you've no, mentioned? No, no. No, no. Can be very you know jealous. what? Um, and back in '93, I went to I went to the uh, ALCS. Uh, I think Game Three, uh, Jays in Oakland. Yeah. 
I had really terrible seats, but that was pretty exciting. I think yeah, they won man. that game. I was yeah, really hoping. I, I was really hoping you'd say you're a part of Bill's Mafia and uh, no, that no. you jump off of tall buildings onto no, tables. No, you know what? Okay. Um, full transparency: the Bills. I like them only because of the closest team to us, and I've been to a few Bill games over the years. Mm-hmm. Uh, I used to be when I was a kid a huge Cowboys fan. Mm-hmm. Amen. But <laughs> oh, I'm I'm impartial now. Like if the Bills are playing, I want them to win. But I'm not crazy, crazy like Bills fan. Well, you're welcome on the Chiefs bandwagon if you want to be. So. No, I'm taking I'm taking Tampa. <laughs> yeah. How dare you? So, bigger fan of the Toronto Argonauts or the Buffalo Bills? Oh, Buffalo Bills. <laughs> I'm I'm, sh- I'm surprised that you know the Argonauts. I know a lot of them. I know. Uh, I'm I'm intrigued by the running start at the line of scrimmage and twelve players in a wider field. <laughs> yeah, right. how, how how wide the field is? Yeah, I'm I'm intrigued. <laughs> I'm yeah. intrigued. Okay, uh, my last one. Zach may have one yeah, more. We'll do one. We'll do one more each. Um, Elliot Shane comes into a large sum of money, so much that he sees clearly that he's got to buy a boat. You stole mine. You dirty a boat. A boat, but a boat big enough to have a name. What does Elliot Shane name his boat? Oh, um... wow, that's a good question. That's all we do here on The Unafraid. We only ask the good yeah, questions. That's a great question. <laughs> that's not true. Oh, that's not true you, at all. Your Drake question earlier was a, was a pretty low on <laughs> It was a new bar, a new low bar. Uh, uh, I, I was trying to say the Drake, but I won't say that. Okay. Um, <laughs> I, think, I think I would name it the Happy Wanderer. Oh, I like that. That's so nice. You're so happy and you're wandering. Uh, oh, that, 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 was my, that was my nickname in high school. Really? really? The Happy wait, Wanderer? Wait, how did you get that? Because uh, I didn't really like class. So I was um, I walked around cla- uh, the hallways a lot during class time, and uh, one of the teachers, I think, called me the Happy Wanderer. <laughs> and <it> kind of stuck. <laughs> that's, that's really way, good. That's way less cool than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, okay, my last question. If you, if you are fleeing the authorities and you need to go to another country to hide out for a while, what country are you choosing? It doesn't have to have an extradition treaty or anything. Don't worry about okay. that. Okay. Don't worry about those. It's a dark question. No, you didn't do My anything goodness. bad. You just, you know, you just, you're just hiding from the authorities for some reason. <laughs> so, is the question like so somewhere I really like to go, or somewhere I, I could hide out? Just where? Where do you think you could hide out for like six months? Oh, I'd go to the Bahamas probably. Yeah, that's pretty good. That feels yeah, that's a good place to hide out. <laughs> Oklahoma's a nice place to hide out because <laughs> the red dirt. The red dirt, and no one comes looking for you. <laughs> Nobody's going to find you in Lawton. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Man, it's good to see your face. It's good to yes, talk with you. Yes, yes. You know, you, you got to make it up in Toronto again. I do. I really need yeah. to. I, I don't know if my back will handle sleeping on the floor like <laughs> we did before, but I hear that that's, that may have changed a bit. Yeah. Well, or, yeah. Or, or be bourgeois and stay at the hotel. That's hey, true. Now. That's a good word for it, bougie. You, know, you are you are invited on any trip. The little lady on. might uh, might might be down for that as well. So, <laughs> hey man, good to see you, and thank you for always uh, being so welcoming to our crew. They they are. I who knows how many people, including an Andy Cox and James Sturgis, who by the way is a park yeah. ranger in New Mexico. Is that uh, right? Yeah. Who knows how many people you have you have pastored and have uh, helped along the way. So appreciate you, brother. Absolutely. It's good to see you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, one, I just thought of a, a story. Sorry. Okay. You can cut this off later no, if you want. you're good. 
Um, so one summer we had a uh, Pearson that, that, that stayed with us yeah. for several weeks in the summertime. So I picked him up at the airport and, uh, he stayed in one of our move-in communities. And, uh, the first day I took him out, uh, sightseeing and, uh, I was so shocked how many people thought he was a woman from the back. <laughs> it's just so oh my gosh. Does he um, still have the long hair? Yeah, he yeah, does. Yeah, and we're leaving this all in. <laughs> like, there's no oh, way no, we're no. cutting this out. <laughs> He's a good say man. Say hi to for me. That's... Uh, oh, Will. He's a good dude. Absolutely. And we'll end on that. Thank you, Elliot okay. Chen. Okay, well, both of you have a good weekend, then. You, yeah, you too, too man. buddy. Stay safe. Okay, be safe. See you, man. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.